So this is very exciting. We're doing a podcast for the first time ever in the Church Society office in Watford. Uh, in the background, you may be able to hear some of our Church Society staff. Say hello, Church Society staff. Hello. You can hear there David Meager, our administrator, Sophie Barker, our finance assistant, who is currently on maternity leave but came back to join us for Christmas lunch and brought with her baby Arthur, which is very nice to meet him. Uh, and also Kerry Gatiss, uh, who is not on our paid staff, but does an enormous amount of work for Church Society by virtue of being married to Lee Gatiss, who is our director. I'm Ros Clark. If you don't normally listen to the podcast, I am the associate director of Church Society. I'm the host here on these podcasts. And in today's episode, I am talking to Lee Gatiss. Hello. Lee, uh, you haven't been on the podcast for a while. I think back in the summer uh, we did one and quite a lot has happened since then. Uh, Can you tell us some of what you've been up to since the summer? Since the summer? Well, um, lots of things. So we had the Jake conference and and Renew. I was speaking at both of those, which is very exciting. Nice to be able to speak at Renew. Um, I've had lots of meetings and that sort of things. I've spoken with some bishops and uh, told them uh, what they ought to be doing and that kind of thing, and what, sure. what we want from them as church society. And uh, I've been to some churches, so Holy Trinity Norwich, Holy Trinity Old Hill, um, and various other places. Done some um, sort of other conferences and smaller meetings, things like um, the Bishop of Maidstone's group in, in the East Anglian sort of region. Did a talk there on biblical patterns for women's ministry, um, spoken at Christ's College in Cambridge. Done a training day in your diocese for you um, did, people yeah. who are preaching and teaching on uh, Ephesians. So yeah, whole which day on that. I heard went very well. I wasn't there, but I, I heard I it went it. really well. Did some other local groups as well. So spoke at one in Ely Diocese, the Renew group there um, as well. We relaunched the Bishop Jewel Society yes, in Oxford. Yes, tell us what that is. Bishop Jewel is a sort of 16th century uh, bishop. Uh, Bishop of Salisbury, who was a great apologist and defender of the Church of England and its Protestantism. Wonderful. Um, And there was, in the latter part of the 20th century, a Bishop Jewel Society in Oxford. I don't remember. Was it it in existence when we were at Oxford? No, because it had gone into abeyance. So it, it, it was around for a few decades and then sort of disappeared. Um, and between us, we decided, you know, uh, Vaughan Roberts uh, got in touch with me from St. Ebbs and we sort of thought, let's relaunch the Bishop Jewel Great. Society. The idea of it is to make good Anglicans out of Oxford evangelicals. And so to be a kind of a way of promoting good Anglican theology. Particularly among students, are we thinking about? Among or... students and ordinands and others who are there. So we had a, really, a good, great turnout in the St. Ebbs Centre, and I did a talk on the sort of reformed foundations of the Church of England. Wonderful. Um, might talk about the reforming future on another occasion. Ah, so that's quite good. That's uh, exciting. I've done a weekend away as well for the postgraduates from Oxford, um, that sort of thing. I've been busy with trying to recruit a new associate director. Yes. Uh, not to replace you, Ros, of Oh, course. good, good, good. Um, He's, he keeps reassuring me that that's <laughs> another, the case. Another, but another Additional associate director. Additional associate director. Yes, it's, that has taken up a certain amount of time. Uh, this term hasn't it yes and, it has um, it's not as straightforward as I'd hoped no um, but I, I we are making progress we certainly are and I hope to be able to make an announcement about it sometime probably in the new year probably in the new year perfect yeah. okay yeah. do stay tuned for that uh, you've also uh, I gather been spending quite a lot of time looking at houses yes we're making some investments <laughs> for church society so we've been looking for the right sort of investment for, from a legacy that we were left 
as a society. So yes, we spent quite a lot of time doing that. And, location, uh, location, location. My beloved wife has spent a long time doing that too, which is why she deserves to come to staff lunch this year. Of course. Well, staff I think Christmas she. Did, I think she probably deserves to come every year, doesn't she? <laughs> um, and I feel like we've also spent quite a lot of time in council meetings since the start. <laughs> We have, we have had some council meetings and other meetings. So the Church Society Trust I always yeah. go to as well um, every month and things like that. And yeah. uh, yes, finance committee, setting yeah. the budget for next year. Lots of... Looking okay. forward to that. Good, uh, yes. Give I've us all your money. I've been writing a few things too, but I mean, you're going to ask me about what's coming okay, in Okay, yes. Well, so. I'll ask you about that later. Um, so just maybe as we uh, finish up looking back over 2018, give us some highlights. What have been the best things in 2018 what maybe what have been the best things you've read or the best things you've heard or the best conferences you've been to what what stands out for you in 2018 um i was thinking about the best thing i've read and i've read a few things which i've really enjoyed so in terms of um you know lighter reading fiction stuff i've been enjoying um doing having an audio book mm. Um, of the C.S. Lewis Space Trilogy, oh, which okay. I read many Fun. years ago. Yeah. But um, I've been listening to those again on, on journeys because I spend a lot of time on yeah. trains and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I've been reading um, Out of the Silent Planet and Perilandra. Not up to the final one yet. It's very interesting, though. I, I think the experience of listening to a book compared to the experience of reading a book, mm. um, when you're listening to a book, you can't skim so, no. you, so you have to listen to to all of it in yeah. the, in the same kind of way. Which, particularly if if I'm rereading, I will often skim, and um, yeah, and sometimes that's good because it makes me slow down and and listen to all of it. And sometimes I find it a bit frustrating because I'm like, oh, I just want to get onto the good bit. It also means if you get slightly lost, you have to go. You have to yes. keep using that um, go back twenty seconds button. Yes, uh, if so you didn't, I press that a lot. Go, what? <laughs> What's he talking about here? As I go back a little bit, <laughs> oh, what just happened there? Did they just go for a drink in a pub or something after landing Good. on Earth again? Or... So yes, it's a, it's it's, interesting. A, it's an interesting experience. What about non-fiction? What have you been reading? Non-fiction. Well, I enjoyed. enjoyed? Um, I've read quite a lot of stuff on John Wycliffe over the last few months. Okay. Um, since the summer, so that's been good. He's a fourteenth-century reformer. Uh, we wouldn't agree with him on everything. Uh, so his views on the Lord's Supper are a little bit. Um, wild, I think, although he didn't believe in transubstantiation, which is a good thing. And if someone wanted a, a sort of an introduction to John Wycliffe, where, where would you say they should start? Well, obviously, they would start with the article I've then written. Um, <laughs> and we John would find Wycliffe. that. Uh, it'd be published next year in a, in a volume celebrating, I think it's the 200th anniversary of the Hellenic Bible Society. Gosh. So um, okay. I might do a, a version of that for Churchman or something. Yeah, like why that. not? Um, something that, a, that we can access. Maybe more a Crossway easily. article or something. Yeah, like that. that would be so, nice. I, Wycliffe was really interesting on, on scripture. I mean, I think he pretty much believed in inerrancy, mm. the inspiration of scripture, and the inerrancy of scripture, the supremacy and sufficiency of scripture. He believed that we, um, uh, we shouldn't pay our parish share. Uh, no, no, what he said was he, he disagreed with the unjust and unwarranted requisitions of cash and materiel by archdeacons yes quite right it's those archdeacons <laughs> who just you know just unwarranted requisitions and also that we, we ought not to um go and hear masses said by lecherous immoral priests, priests i agree i think people should stop doing that 
Yeah, that's right. So interesting yeah. how we thought we should draw the line in various yes. places in terms of cash and attendance at yeah. mass. So I think yeah. I've been and also some of those public things. immorality, actually. Exactly. Um, very interesting indeed. So Wycliffe's a really interesting guy. Not many people study him these days. There's not much mm. um, out there from an evangelical point of view. Mm. Um, the best thing I read was his, he, he wrote a sort of... Um, a kind of systematic theology, which is really a discussion between three people. So it's not a dialogue, That's it's a trialogue. Isn't it? The book's called Trialogus. Okay. It's, it's in four books, like Lombard Sentences and it, or, or Calvin's Institutes, and goes through lots of theological topics in this three-way discussion. It's wow. an interesting teaching method, actually. Yeah, very um, interesting. And there was a, a new translation of that was published just recently, so I, I've been re reading okay. parts of that. And um, any other highlights? Any uh, highlights of things you've been to that you would say, you know, that was just a really great... Uh, do you want me to talk about worthy conferences? Well, or should you, I say I got be. to see I got to see Les Mis in the West End Did this year, you? which is rather nice. So I got some free tickets from that um, from some some friends and uh, took Mrs. Gatiss along to see Les Excellent. Mis. Excellent! Well, oh. I haven't been to a West End show like that before, so, and it was really yeah. So it was really oh, good. Really gosh. enjoyed that. Yeah. Amazing. Have you done that? Yeah. So I mean, years ago, yeah, yeah Les Mis and Miss Saigon was my favourite. Oh, okay. um, yeah, I've um, seen that one. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's on anymore, sadly. Oh. Um, but with Did the helicopter on helicopter on stage, and it was very dramatic. Oh, wow. And what, a real helicopter. Yeah, yeah, it was really, um, <laughs> it was quite something. Anyway, that that was like twenty five years ago. Um, I've been to other things since, but um, okay, good. So some fun things from two thousand eighteen. What are you yes. looking forward to in two thousand and nineteen, Lee Gatiss? <laughs> well, Ros Clark, I am definitely looking forward to uh, our fellowship conference coming up in February. Yes. Um, that was genuinely one of my highlights of yeah. 2018 was the Fellowship Word and Spirit Conference. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited about this year's. They're always good in terms of actual fellowship and partnership in, in theological yeah. and ecclesiastical things with like-minded people. Yeah. I really like the, the feel real, and the atmosphere of that conference. Yeah, and real wanting to wrestle with issues and talk things through, mm. but also pray for each other and care for each other mm. and... Dick yeah. Farr's doing the Bible readings this year. Dick and, Farr, the chairman of Church Society Trusts. And then Tim Ward is doing the main oh, um, sessions on, on Reformed Doctrine of Scripture. Which so will be awesome. I mean, Tim's PhD and his um, Oxford University yeah. Press monograph on that subject are spectacular. He wrote a little IVP book as well, which is yes, rather good, Yes, he has, isn't it? yeah. Um, um, and just scripture. to say, if you're listening to this uh, in 2018... Book now. There mm -hmm. is an early bird discount if you book before the end of the year. Splendid. Um, so don't hang around uh, to book for that. Okay. Anything else that you're looking forward to? Tell you, you mentioned something about books or writing or things that might be coming out. Oh yes, yes. Um, well, I believe in transubstantiation, as I've told you, Rose. I believe in the transubstantiation of words on my screen into paper and ink Gee. so the transubstantiation of words on the screen to paper and ink um uh, and the production of books which we will be having this coming year so um i've been uh putting together some of the material from the fellowship of word and spirit study day which we had mm. back in may this year on secession and um, what it means to um, try and be in a church and reform a church while all the sticks are up in the air and you don't know how, where things are all going to come down. The idea of the remnant yeah. in in church history and in the Bible. Yeah. Um, and what it means for... There's a great paper in that um, 
on what it means for everyone to be doing what is right in their own eyes. Yes. Um, it's a biblical th- study of that. I really enjoyed uh, that study day. So I'm, I think that will be a really helpful book um, yeah. for people. You know, it is an issue that that people are thinking about. Some are acting on, not very mm. many, but people are certainly thinking about and how yeah. do we make good judgments about when and if that's a, a right thing to do. So I think that will mm. be a helpful resource. For My paper people. there was on the history of secession. Mm. Um, so the history of Protestant um, groups leaving Even, the Church of England. Yes. There's a great big book by um, uh, Carter Grace, I think his name is, um, um, on 19th century secessions right. from, from Anglicanism. And that was very interesting to see you know, what mm. they were like, where they are now, which is mm. usually pretty much nowhere. I mean, there are some um, still around, but very small. Yes, it's very interesting. I, mean, I had not really um, done anything on on that kind of history before, but to, to realise actually this is something that almost from the beginning has been going on with the Church of England. I mean, you know, we know about some of the sort of 17th century mm. um some by choice and some less so people, <laughs> groups leaving the Church of England. Yes. But actually that that continues, um, as you say, certainly in the 19th and in the 20th century, there are groups trying to leave and, and it's not always gone brilliantly well. Often just individuals or single yes. churches. And they don't last groups. much beyond a generation, no. really. Well, that's that's the thing. That's the yeah. problem. I mean, nothing, nothing happens without energetic individuals, but nothing lasts without solid institutions. As, and often, as we may have heard before. Yes, but often these um, these groups, they, they leave, but they haven't got a, a succession, succession plan. So they, there's secession, but there's no succession Yeah, plan. so they have a, an enthusiastic individual or group who say yeah. we must leave but then they don't have the either the, the kind of understanding or the resources to to put that into something which will no. will build and often they've just there's a sort of bleeding away at the mm. edges of a few people and that's it there's very very rarely do you get there's the, was the western schism with about a dozen ministers i think and yeah the non-juring schism was the the longest lasting and that one actually took some bishops out of the church right of that lasted much longer and i think the fact that they went with lots of bishops will have uh, contributed to yes that. gave them a structure and a succession and yeah. uh, some depth and solidity to it so it's very interesting to look at that as a history because mm. if we are thinking if if some people in our constituency are thinking about secession as an idea we need to think about how to do that well mm. um, we want it to be done well because for the sake of the gospel yeah um, absolutely I don't think it is our best option at the moment um, certainly not our only option I don't think the victory of liberalism mm. and revisionism in the Church of England is inevitable or imminent and so I, I think it's best for us now to stand firm and fight on but we need to think about these things carefully and have contingencies and have them thought through carefully. Absolutely. Absolutely. OK, so there's one a... thing on that is uh, on, in the in the book yeah. where we're writing all this stuff up. I've added um, something that wasn't delivered there, but in other places, a paper on the idea of contending. Yeah. And what contending means. So um, I've written a chapter, which is pretty much a book in itself, really, now uh, called Fight Valiantly on contending in the Bible, what it means in the Bible, how the New Testament particularly talks about our response to false teachers. Mm. There's a variety of different words for avoid. I've been looking at the Greek New Testament and the number of different words that are used um, and just translated as avoid, avoid them. Um, Yeah, there's an interesting vocabulary of that and what that that means and then how that might apply to us in the Church of England today Well, so I was going to ask you about that. So our listeners, loyal listeners to the podcast, um, 
many of whom are Anglicans, um, many of whom are um, just, you know, ordinary churchgoers. They're not necessarily ordained. They're not necessarily on synod. They're not involved in, in Anglican structures in that kind of way. But one of the things um, that all our church society members sign up uh, to do as part of their membership is not just um, that they agree with the uh, doctrine of the Church of England, mm -hmm. as laid out in the 39 Articles, but they uh, commit to contending That's for right. it. What could that contending look like for somebody in that sort of position? Somebody maybe... I think it's quite easy to think, if you are that sort of person, mm. contending is a thing for other people to do. Contending mm. is maybe what my vicar does when he engages with the bishop or yes. what general synod do when they're debating sexuality. What could I do as somebody sitting in the pews that is contending for that faith? That's a really interesting question. Funny, I was reading Spurgeon on this yesterday. I know he's not Gosh. an Anglican. Um, but um, reading some of Spurgeon's application of, of some of the teaching about contending and um, struggling for the faith and, and publicly standing up for things, um, he was applied it a little bit to, to the ordinary lay people in the pews, um, not just to ministers. Um, and one of the things he says was, you know, you may well believe the orthodox faith the biblical yeah. faith but um are you and you may be even publicly known as one of those one of those funny christians um but do you speak up for it so yeah. we're in often in, in an atmosphere in at the school gate or um at work or just out and about in town and with others in, in groups in the community um and the atmosphere is not very pleasant in yeah. terms of morality the way that people are talking the, the language used the things people are watching and listening to um and we often just acquiesce in allowing conversations and those and that culture in our local communities um at work and at play and at school to, to be like that and and Spurgeon was sort of encouraging his people to say something about mm. it so that people realize you think it's not okay and you want to urge people to uh, to to flee from that really. I mean, some of the mm. language he uses is a little bit oldy worldy, nineteenth century. You know, he says sure. urge people to flee from that Sodom. Uh, you know, from that um, bad culture that they're involved in. He wasn't particularly talking sexually, of course, the section of morality. But um, but yeah. what he's saying is, you know, you can you don't have to be harsh and nasty to just say to people, oh, you know, I really don't think it's the best thing for you to be involved in that, or yeah. for us to talk in this sort of way yeah. about those people. I wondered if some of it, some of that, in terms of contending for Christian graciousness and Christian um, respect for authorities, particularly at the moment when we have lots of uncertainty and uneasiness in our government mm. and in our state, and uh, we don't know what's going to happen. I, I feel very sorry for Theresa May. I really oh. wouldn't want to be Prime Minister right so now. So we're recording this uh, on the day after she has just... Um, withdrawn the vote and we don't really know what's happening by the no. time you're listening to this probably something will have changed <laughs> that's right a lot but i mean still we've got to feel sorry for whoever is prime minister right now because um yes at the time of recording it's theresa may but it's a very difficult time and i think christians should be those who respect our mm. leaders and we we're told to pray for our leaders and pray I, for I, our leaders. i'm conscious i have not prayed for theresa may for at least a week and, and probably she oh, needs gosh, me yeah. to I'm trying to do um, that daily at the moment yes. because I feel uh, we are in that sort of situation, aren't we? We yeah. need to be praying for our leaders. And I think we can say those sorts of things in a culture and an atmosphere at the moment where um, being cynical mm. and sarcastic 
and bitter and biting about the political situation and the polarised nature of our political situation at the moment as well. Um, you know, that, that's having a very deleterious, negative, yeah. corrupting effect on public life. So Christians can do that differently. We can contend for Christian graciousness and a Christian submissiveness and respect while also being discerning about yeah. the effect of these things. Very and, helpful. Yeah. So I think um, uh, two things I would commend to you if you're listening and you're thinking, I, I can see I ought to be doing more of that and I'm not quite sure how. Um, I would recommend uh, Chris Kandaya's book, Faithism, which Amanda yes. and I reviewed in the podcast yeah. uh, earlier this time. He's brilliant on, on how we do that kind of Christian engagement mm. uh, with the world in a way that is gracious and loving, but also challenging. Um, and also uh, we reviewed, uh, I think the month before that, uh, graciousness, which I've forgotten who that's by. John Crotz. John Crotz. That's there a we good go. Book. Which again, a good, uh, good bit to think about that. What about within the Church of England, um, Lee? Yes. So I was just thinking, this year there have been a number of things, haven't there, where bishops, cathedrals, churches have quite flagrantly um, uh gone against the bible teaching particularly around the area of sexuality who have made you know there have been sort of involvement in pride festivals um mm. letters about how clergy must respond to uh people in their congregations who are who are gay and so on is there anything which ordinary people in churches can be doing to contend for the biblical faith within the church of england in those kinds of situations or should we just be leaving that to I don't know, the experts. Huh. As I said in my talk at Renew, actually, that politics, church politics, is not a game that we ought to leave to the clergy alone. Um, most certainly not. Um, well, I mean, just to, to continue on the line of um, what we can all do, I find when people are talking in groups in, in our community, and if they use the word Jesus as a swear word or just as a you know um, an exclamation yeah. oh jesus they would say oh jesus christ in mm. a way that's um very disrespectful my i just stiffen up and i'm like oh my yeah. goodness how can you say that I, I feel um aggrieved for the honor of jesus christ someone i know and love and respect and honor and follow um being used as a swear word like mm. that you don't hear people doing that with the names of other religious leaders imagine no um, quite. you can't even draw cartoons at them without having death threats well um, that really gets my goat and that, that really upsets me um, as a Christian and, and therefore I, I usually say something like oh no I don't think it's Jesus's fault that that's mm. happened nice uh, you know or something like yes. that you do it in a gracious way and I think the same thing happens in the Church of England that these sorts of things happen bishops do stupid things deans do ridiculous things with flags on cathedrals um, ad clerums are put out which encourage immorality and all sorts yeah. of funny things um, uh, and my, I get upset by that because it is dishonouring the Lord Jesus. And we're meant to be followers of his. He's the Lord Jesus. Mm. We're meant to follow him and not follow our own desires, our own appetites, our own disordered natures. Um, and so we want more honour to be given to the Lord Jesus, not just his name in public discourse, but his word and his way yeah. of life. Um, and so I think, all people, all right-thinking Christian people, 
will be upset when they see those things happening in the Church of England. And they'll find out about them, of course, if they keep up with things like this podcast and our newsletter and our our blog and things like that. Um, And we need people to be informed. We need to inform ourselves about what's going on and know the truth about those things. Because sometimes you hear false stories. We need to know the, the truth about what's happening. We need to think about them in Christian ways and then respond in those gracious but firm contending ways. So lay people can be writing letters. A lot of people I know wrote to... Uh, the Dean of Ely and the Bishop of Ely as a result of yes. um, uh, and, what, what happened in Ely in the diocese. And we need to be doing that well because the Bishop complained to me that um, lots of the letters against yes. what happened were unchristian in their manner of engagement. And he just discounts those. They go straight yes. in the bin and he doesn't listen to them. Very so we helpful. need to be doing that, but we need to be doing it well. I um, had a was part of a discussion with the Bishop of Litchfield, and, and Litchfield was oh, one yeah. of the dioceses where um, a, an ad clarum, a letter was sent out, and there was some uh, concerns about it. And it was one of the things I was very struck by. He said that he'd had a lot of correspondence, and um, he made a very clear distinction between correspondence that had come from people within the diocese mm-hmm. and from without the diocese. Mm-hmm. And it was clear that he considered the letters from people within his diocese as carrying much more weight. Let's not say he completely discounted everything else, but actually from people within his diocese, he considered them to have much more weight. And in general, I think as well, he said they, they, they were much more helpfully written, not least because often they're written from the context of some kind of prior relationship. Yes. But, it, but I was very struck by that, and it made me realise, actually, if something is happening in your diocese or in your deanery, in your local patch, then actually it is much better for you to take some action about that than to wait for somebody else from outside to do it yeah and if and it may be that you're not sure who to write to or what to say or how to go about it that's why you go to the minister and you say to him i'm really upset about this or i think this is bad what are we doing about it you need to go you know you need need to put pressure on their ministers in some sense to make sure the ministers are not just ignoring it yes because it is an issue and we don't know it's an issue as ministers and um, with the laity, unless they come yes. and talk to us about it and tell us about it. Exactly. And I think, and, and likewise with the bishops, I think, you know, they will assume everybody is completely fine with what they are doing unless we make it clear that we aren't. Yeah. And again, that, you know, it's helpful if clergy are making that clear, but it's also really helpful if they understand that actually there's a, a significant group of laity who are very concerned about things they might be doing or saying. So So ladies should be demanding teaching on this from their ministers. They should be, you know, um, asking their ministers to teach them about um, dissension in the church and how they can handle it properly. Because there's lots in the Bible about that, as you'll see when I publish mm. my <laughs> paper on contending. It's, it's big because there's lots to say. Um, so the Bible talks about it all the time. Make sure that your minister's teaching you about it. Make sure that your church is taking responsibility for succession planning when your minister leaves. I mean, he may have just arrived, she, she may have just arrived, but make sure there's some sort of plan and thoughts about how you get a good person next time. Yes. Um, because and that's with, your responsibility. You know, the minister will be gone. You never know, sadly, when your minister might fall under a bus. I mean, Or be promoted to, or be promoted to glory in some other way. Yes. But actually, you, you can't rely on saying, he's just arrived, we don't need to worry about that now. Yeah. You, need, you need to always be thinking about yeah how your church will continue. 
and get informed about it by, you know, by joining Church Society, listening to the stuff we do here and then the newsletter and in Crossway. So you know about it so you can pray about it. And our prayer, yeah. prayer mates and the daily Twitter feed and the, the Facebook prayer, prayer group, group and all is of all there things. to help us engage. And prayer is contending. Yes. I mean, it's one of the things that struck me from my study recently of, of contending that, that Paul talks about contending. And he talks about prayer as contending. Mm. That is part of our struggle against false teaching and against the world, the flesh and the devil, yeah. the world, the press and the media. Um, prayer. Prayer is Absolutely. contending for the gospel, for the, the faith delivered to the saints. And it is contending against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms against which whom our struggle really is directed absolutely right there is, there is a great article about that in the uh, new edition of Crossway that's coming out very ah, soon of course there is, yes. um, Rob Munro talking about uh, prayer and um, prayer in, and contending um, well some I mean, people say Ros though I mean just you know they say to me but oh, that's just praying and what can we actually do yeah and then I just look at them blankly and say well do you think that prayer works? Do you, do you think yeah. God actually hears prayer? Because if you do, that is doing something. Absolutely. You may not think it's, you know, strong man, super action sort of thing, but prayer is action because prayer works, because God listens to it. Yeah. And God works. And ultimately <laughs> it is God who will defend the faith, God who will build the church, God who will do uh, all those things to make sure that his name is glorified Jesus and honoured. Jesus is the head of the church and he loves it even more than Absolutely. we do. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, but if you did want something else that you, you could do, yes. possibly, um, so if you're not a member of Church Society, you, you could join Church Society. But even if you're not, um, uh, you could be uh, reading and informing yourself of the kind of things that we're doing. You could consider um, encouraging other people in your church to do that. Yes. Um, so numbers are not everything. Numbers are not how we, we kind of win battles. But actually, it is really helpful to be standing together and be working together in partnership in this. So, yes. you know, if there's something awful goes on and, and one person writes a letter to the bishop, it's easily dismissed. But actually, if 50 people wrote a letter, that's less easily dismissed and so on. Mm. So, you know, if you're somebody who is uh, concerned for the faith, concerned for the Church of England, um, and you think there might be other people in your church who feel similarly why not, um, you know, share your copy of Crossway with them? Why not um, encourage them to have a look at the kind of things we do, sign up for our newsletter um, and maybe uh, join as a member as well if that's appropriate for them? That's right. And of course, contending for the faith means telling people about Jesus. I mean, it means making the most of all these yes. opportunities we've got at Christmas time when we're recording this to take people to carol services um, and to be yeah. inviting them to things, to be talking, gossiping the gospel in every opportunity. That is contending for the faith. It isn't just these frontline political actions that is contending for the faith. Contending for the faith means struggling to live a Christian life each day, fighting valiantly as Christ's faithful soldier and servant in every possible way. So spreading the gospel, yeah. living the gospel um, and praying through gospel things for the issues that are happening in our church. On which note... Um... Uh, just as we finish, one, one thing I always do when I'm talking to uh, ministers of our church society parishes mm. uh, for the podcast is I always ask them um, what we can be praying for for them. Um, and I know people who listen to the podcast uh, are prayers, uh, many of them. Mm. So maybe you could just share with us two or three things that you'd love people to be praying for for the, the coming year <clears throat> ahead for church society and, and for you. Thank you. And I really appreciate all the prayers that back up everything we do. 
um, without that, <laughs> nothing would happen. Um, so thank you to those who are praying for us. We really appreciate it. I, I heard um, I heard just yesterday, actually, that I'm about to be made a bishop and there's going to be an announcement about it, um, either this side of Christmas or in the new year. Gosh, did you know that, Ross? I, I didn't know that and I'm slightly concerned because, you know, we haven't got a new associate director in post yet. <laughs> I mean, I'm part-time. I, I'm, you know, don't leave. Well, I'm not actually going to. Oh, it's, complete, <laughs> okay, good. it's complete rubbish. It's nonsense. But um, you do hear these things um, every now and again. Oh, there's, there's no truth in that whatsoever. Um and never likely to happen either, so <laughs> I don't want to do that. So, um, so um, the thing you can pray for me really is um, that we'll carry on mm. with good momentum and enthusiasm and energy for the new year, um, with um, strengthening local churches in biblical faith and helping to shape the Church of England now and for the future, which is what we're all about. You can pray for me in terms of finding um, good time and energy um, and mental capacity to be finishing off the books that we've got coming. Uh, so there's also another book um, based on some Jake material we had right. uh, called Reach, Build, Send, I'm a also pattern for Anglican ministry. Oh, nice. I'm also supposed to be working on a book uh, based on last year's Lent uh, blog posts. Yes. So, so you can pray that I find some time to do that. Well, you, me and Ash are doing that together, aren't yes, we? Yes. So well, I've sort great. of got it all and need to, to actually bring it together. So that I was think, on but... the Lord's Prayer, the Ten Commandments, the Creed, yes. some stuff on the sacraments. So that's Baptism right, something on the church, that kind of thing. Brilliant. There's a little catechism in there as well. It's going to be a great book, so I mean, that should motivate us to do it. But Shit. if people could pray that these things that we have planned will actually come to fruition, because lots of things yeah. can get in the way, you know, events yeah. can get in the way and other things that are more urgent. So, yes, do pray for that. Um, that would be great. Good, right. Thank you. Well, it's exciting uh, seeing uh, what the Lord's been doing in 2018. Uh, and I'm looking forward to 2019. Um, thank you all for listening uh, to this episode, but also for listening throughout the year. Um, it's been really exciting to see the numbers creeping up week by week uh, on the podcast. And we know that uh, people have um, found it enjoyable and helpful. If you uh, love the podcast, do uh, share it with someone else, perhaps mention it to someone in your church. Um, and we will now be taking a little break over Christmas and the new year. And I think we will be back, I can't remember, the first or second Monday in January uh, with a book review podcast. Amanda and I have been reading Glenn Scrivener's Long Story Short. And that's what we will be starting the new year with. So I hope you all have a wonderful Christmas and uh, I will see you again in the new year. Bye.